Everybody's Talking with T, the talk show designed to engage, educate, empower, and encourage the community is on. Greetings to all. Let's have a ball. You're back where it's at for our weekly chat. You're tuned into the show with the flow that keeps you in the know. This is Tanisha Baker, and as always, I'm excited to host another edition of What You Shouldn't Be Missing. You're tuned in to Talking With T. It's January 8th, and if today is your birthday, you share it with your birthday mates, the late Elvis Presley, and troubled R&B megastar R. Kelly. January 8th is also the birth date of Fannie M. Jackson, who was the first black woman college graduate in the U.S. On this date in history, the African National Congress was founded. Despite a veto by President Andrew Johnson, legislation giving African Americans the right to vote in the District of Columbia was passed in 1867, and Howard Theological Seminary became Howard University, also on this date in 1867. Today on the national calendar happens to be National Clean Off Your Desk Day and National Bubble Bath Day. Which, after attempting to clear the clutter off my desk, child, a bubble bath would be a welcome treat. The theme this month is Be More. Be more than they said you could and be more than you thought you would. Reach beyond average and strive for greatness. Stretch past self-inflicted limitations and embrace the endless possibilities that are waiting for you. Jumping right into today's happy highlights, I want to first share a story I read about Billy Earl Dade Middle School in Dallas. About 90% of the school's 900 students are low income, and unfortunately we know that this often aligns with absent fathers. The school had planned a Breakfast with Dads event, but was a little concerned that some kids may not have a male figure to share. So the school put out a call to volunteers that could serve as male mentors. They asked for 50 volunteers, and guess what? Over 600 men showed up. You can check out more details to this heartwarming story through the link on my webpage. But trust me, this story is inspirational and speaks to the goodwill that still exists and that is found in the hearts of many of our men. Keep it where it's at. I'll be right back. You're listening to Talking With T.
redemption sparked my identity. After realizing you're hot for me, I give myself away to you relentlessly. Only you know what you mean to me. on blast this will go real fast as it's time for our monday minute quick bits president obama will be the first guest on david letterman's new show on netflix since essence has parted ways with time inc it is now a 100 percent black owned company cardi b becomes the only rapper with her first three singles to land in the top 10 simultaneously Ben Vereen is the latest to affect sexual assault allegations. Dang, Chicken George. It's been a long time coming, but Mary J. Blige will finally get her star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. During Donald Trump's latest Twitter rant, he labeled himself as a stable genius. There was a single winner from Florida for the $450 million lottery and a single winner in New Hampshire who won the $559 million Powerball. Paris Hilton hired security to protect her, or rather, her $2 million engagement ring. There is some question as to whether she bought the ring herself or if it was purchased by her fiancé, Chris Zilka. Arson is suspected in the fire that destroyed the home of Tina Jones, who was the accuser against former U.S. Senate candidate Roy Jones of sexual misconduct. It is reported that Meghan Markle wants her mother to walk her down the aisle during the royal wedding scheduled for this upcoming May. Recently elected Doug Jones picks Dana Gresham, an African-American, as chief of staff. This makes Jones the only Senate Democrat to have an African-American in this position. Don't touch that dial. I'll be back in a while with Trending News and the Crazy Chronicles. You're inside talking with T. All right, to cover today's trending news, I have the know-it-all Professor Jay and our top investigator, most often instigator, P.I. Pam. Now, Jay, you weren't with us last week on the first Monday of the year, which was also New Year's Day. So I want to wish you a very happy New Year. Thank you, and happy New Year to y'all and all of our listeners as well. It is good to be here. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> well, let's first start off talking about Charles Okoda. Now, this story is going to sound familiar to you, but it's actually a different person. He faked his identity to get a medical license and was serving as an obstetrician at St. George Hospital in Maryland. The hospital is being sued by several women who were his patients. So my question to the two of you is, how do they keep letting these fake doctors slip in? Because, Jay, you know it all, and Pam, you investigate a lot. So please help enlighten me. How do these hospitals hire a whole person to be a doctor who doesn't have a degree to first? Well, I don't quite understand because apparently somebody is is falling down on the job because, again, like I said, my best friend and several of her colleagues from med school, they went through some very rigorous training, a very rigorous vetting process, and I just don't understand, you know, how you can just show up with this assumed identity, throw on a white coat with some little embroidery on it, and think you're going <laughs> to, you know, practice on the people. And I think that whoever did the hiring of him and was supposed to be doing the background check, they should be fired, too, because how do you let even let that slip through the cracks and the credit? Right, right. He has no, right. Real, he has no real certifications or nothing. And nothing. And they and they let him practice. He actually practiced it more than once. Oh yeah, for a while, <laughs> some years. Yeah. So did he get on the job training? I'm, how did he even know how to do everything? Is it well, on Google? You know, did you YouTube know. that? Actually, you know what? I, I just Googled him, and I hadn't had a chance to, you know, fully search through the links. However, oh. one of the Google reviews from the web is and entire webpage from this law firm about how Dr. well, pseudo doctor, let's 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 call it that. Pseudo doctor cuz mm-hmm. uh yeah, we already know he's not for real. Pseudo doctor Okoda is not a real person and his real name is Oluwafemi Charles Igrabas Igrab Mhm. say? <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, well Charles is in there somewhere. Right. We just call him Charles. Go ahead. Right, Charles. Yeah, he used a social security number to obtain a medical license. And according Was it the social security number of a real doctor? Now, that I don't see. Okay. But he he is clearly not from this side of the water because it says that he entered the country on in 1991 on a non-immigrant visa, had four different social security numbers and three different names. So he's one of those that makes it hard for everybody else. Clearly. Well, Jay, around your way in Memphis, there's a story about Pastor Andy Savage. Have you heard about that? Is that floating around your parts? You know, it it doesn't doesn't sound familiar, but carry on. Go ahead. Okay. Well, Pastor Andy Savage is a pastor of a mega church, and he's been accused of sexual assault. And he said he apologized immediately and asked for forgiveness from his victim. The story leaked when she shared it on her blog. And although she had reported the incident to the church leaders, the police were never called. So he admitted it and said he apologized immediately and asked for forgiveness. Does it work like that? I'm not, like, I'm a little confused. Well, we're we're talking about church folks here. And Mm -hmm. um, as you were talking, Google is my friend, and I'm sitting at my computer as we speak, 
And apparently Pastor Savage is one of the lead pastors or teaching pastors, rather, at one of the mega churches here down here in Memphis. So mm-hmm. I would venture to say since this particular church has quite a large membership, perhaps there was sort of a blanket forgiveness that was given. A what? But a blanket forgiveness. You know, he gets up and says, I'm sorry for doing what I did. And the church says, well, okay, praise the Lord, we forgive you. Oh. Which, you know, we're talking about the church here. It wouldn't be churchy if they, you know, stoned him to death for doing what he did right there in the middle of service. Well, no, maybe not stoning him, but as it seems, he committed a crime. And generally, I would feel like you have some responsibility to call the police. So we need to check into that because I'm wondering what the responsibility is. You know, if you're aware of that as, say, it happened in a school or in public office, it seems like there's a certain responsibility that you have to report it. But maybe that doesn't fly in the church. Maybe it's not the same. I don't know. Pam, we're going to need you to investigate that. Put that on the list. That's on my list. Right. Okay. Clearly the church is, even with these allegations, the church is standing beside him. Okay. He is guilty of his wrongdoing. Okay. Well, uh, next, I want you to get this now. A police chief in Leechburg, Pennsylvania, has been arrested for unlawful contact with a minor and criminal attempt to commit involuntary Deviant sexual intercourse. Where they get all them words from just to say he a pervert? But anyway, uh, agents arrested him when he thought he was meeting up with a 14-year-old girl for sex. So this is the same guy who was in the news before because he had lost his arm previously in a firework uh, incident and had returned to work with a prosthetic. Wait, Mm -hmm. wait, wait, wait. Okay. Stop right. Okay. Rewind. Okay. He lost his arm. Mm-hmm. Okay, carry on. Yeah. Yeah. That sums it up, I guess. So <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh because I'm just mad that, again, someone with power and influence sworn to protect and serve is preying on young girls. And so, of course, they had set up a sting operation, and somebody knew evidently he was going to fall for it because he did. And so they politely escorted him, prosthetic arm and all, onto the jailhouse in which he used to be in charge of. You know, well, maybe that's why his arm got blew off anyway. Pam, we can move on to the next story because I've got something in my spirit. Tells me I, I'm not wanting you to finish what you get ready to say. Right, just, just stop. Moving on. That's, that's all. Okay, we're going we to move on. Okay. So there's Rashawn Chesney, who was just sentenced to 50 years in prison for stabbing to death the mother of one of his children. My big question about this story is why the guy was even walking among civilians. He has had a violent criminal history, including more than 92 arrests and 11 felony convictions. And you have people rotting away in jail cells for much less. 11, what happened to that street? Three strikes, you out, or whatever that is. Because this is just, again, another tragic end to the countless stories related to domestic violence that we read or hear about. I still am trying to fit 92 arrests and 11 felony convictions. 
I believe in restoration. I thought you said. I thought you said his arrests were in the 90s. Yeah. That's enough right there. Yeah, and I believe in rehabilitation. I really do. At some point, I feel like, and some people may get mad, you got to cut your losses. Somewhere around arrests, let's say 40, maybe the fifth felony. I don't know. Yeah, they keep letting them, uh, you know, add up and add up. They're like petty crime, like misdemeanors. They'll keep letting them add up and add up. I think with the three strikes you out, I'm pretty sure that's only on certain charges and certain things. But do they have to be the same thing, too? Yeah, I think so. And But you would think in your own brain, Mm -hmm. why would you want to keep going to jail all those times? I don't know how I, I don't understand. You know, that's not yeah, I mean, my. <laughs> I mean, mentally, I can't comprehend that. I really can't. Right. It, it only took me one time to go, and when they made me unravel my quick weave, I just got. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was a wrap because I was with that ponytail sitting on top of my head, looking. They made crazy. you take it off. They made me take they the quick weaving up. The yeah. whole quick weave. The whole quick, we unravel it. If you got a bobby pin stuck somewhere, we need that too. Mm. Yes, I was looking a whole mess up in there one time, and that was it. I didn't need to go no more. Orange is orange yeah. is not my color. And then they come back. <laughs> do you want do you want a bologna sandwich? No, I don't want no damn bologna sandwich. I want to get out. <laughs> <laughs> help today, help today. That's my testimony. <laughs> That's your testimony. Speaking of testimonies, I want to know what are your thoughts, uh, listeners too, what are your thoughts on the woman that got up at church and tried to give her testimony in church, and all because she got a little explicit, I won't tell you what she said, but all because she got a little explicit, they took they took the mic from her, and, and she's looking like, y'all going to let me finish? So, church folks. Is there a limit on what you can say about your own testimony? Because I thought that they should have let her finish. What she talked about, some people probably in the church probably had done that too. The night before, maybe. She could have been speaking to somebody else. She could have helped somebody else. But now she probably going to never want to get up and tell her story because somebody recorded it and she done went viral. Okay. What are, what are y'all thoughts, Jay? All right, all right, all right. So here's my take on it. First of all, I'm just going to go ahead and admit that, um, you know, I was a, a bit taken aback. I was not expecting her to uh, be as forward in her testimony as she was. And as someone who has grown up in church, you know, the funniest things tend to happen in church. And I'm not going to lie, had I been in this service, I probably would have chuckled slightly and <laughs> taken my head in disbelief. Almost like I did when I first saw the video. But here's my question. Okay. So where were the women in the church, where were the mothers of the church to, you know, embrace her after this testimony was over? You know, because if you look at the video, she gets to that particular point in her testimony where she's very detailed in the activities that she engaged in and the guy who was holding the mic drops the mic, and the woman who was presiding over the service simply says, remembering you in our prayers. Does anyone else have a testimony or a word from the Lord? Okay, so here's how 
this thing should have worked. And, you know, you can agree to disagree or whatever. You can just disagree. I don't care. Here again, I'm, I'm with you, Pam. Perhaps they should have let her continue her testimony, but someone should have whispered in her ear, kind of watch what you say. And then afterwards, that would have been an ideal time for, again, the women in the church to embrace her and say, hey, you know, this is the life that you led, but let us help you. My thing is, this is an opportunity for the church to be the church, so to speak. You know, God God led her there. She came there for a reason. You know what I mean? Right. Well, um, this is what yeah. I have to say. If the church is really about doing the church's work, I believe our instructions are clear, and the church is to welcome people, come as you are. I can understand that the graphic language that she used was distasteful, but you don't come to church if you're already well and whole and you don't need, you know, guidance. So whether they should let her finish her testimony, I don't know. But I do agree with you, Jay, that it was definitely time for someone to come up and as they took the mic from her, embraced her and pulled her to the side and listened to her story, let her get it out so she didn't totally feel shunned or whatever. I mean, people do graphic things. Now, maybe she didn't have, I mean, she could have said it another way, but it would have meant the same thing. And so. I hope that someone found it in their heart to embrace her. Now, that's the Christian side, that whole human side of us. We were like, okay, what else did she do? What, you know, what would she get ready to say next? It obviously wasn't tasteful for a church service, but I do think they could have figured out another solution, and hopefully somebody did. And I would even venture to say that based on the, the, the brief video clip that has gone viral, her first few remarks, she was trying to get out the scripture that says, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Right. So you, she, she attempted to get that scripture out, but she, she got a little tongue-tied. And then, you know, she tongue, was tongue, that tongue was very operative in her, in her uh, script. But go ahead. You know what? <laughs> No point. Right. Uh uh don't let Pam. Your turn is over. Pam. Yeah, we've already Pam, let you talk on. on this segment. Right. And I just so, wanna say this we're gonna end it. Oh Lord. <laughs> I was gonna say so, but it ain't gonna get ain't gonna make the air anyway. <laughs> I was, I was gonna say, her tongue is Well, that leads us right on into the Crazy Chronicles, and I have a couple of stories that landed there today. First, we have Tostin Lohman out of California. He led the police on a high-speed chase in South Dakota. When his SUV finally hit the spike strip, he landed in a ditch, jumped out of the SUV, and ran. Now, the crazy thing about this story is none of that. You know what I mean? That happens. Car chase. We know about SUV car chases and, and spike strips and all of that. Okay. The crazy thing <laughs> is that the police found the body of his 58-year-old mother wrapped in a blanket sitting in the back seat. Now, until they determine the cause of death, they don't know if he killed her or not. But what we do know is he has a criminal history, including domestic abuse. Why is he riding around with the mother wrapped up in a blanket in the back seat of the car? Yeah. What do you call that? Uh, When you wrap people up in blankets or shrouds? You think he was Uh trying to? Okay. I don't know. You have to be one crazy person to ride around with your dead mama wrapped up in a blanket. 
You know, most people are traumatized, you know, if their mother passed or whatever. You definitely don't want to be riding around with them chilling. Yeah, right. now maybe he's the one that killed her. Of course, that remains to be seen as well, even if he did. Why? You know what? We can keep asking questions. There are no answers. So I'm going to move on to the next story about Gregory Ulrich from Connecticut that was enraged after he saw some pictures of his wife hanging out with some people on Christmas. This nut then went to the houses of the people in the pictures. Now, I guess he did some little investigation or whatever. Maybe he knew them. But he went to their house and smashed out their car windows with an axe. Again, that's not even the crazy part. He came across a home that had some chickens. He took the chickens and snapped their heads off with his hands. Now, he did this at two houses, so evidently they weren't in the city. And he's been released on bail, pending numerous charges, including 20 counts of cruelty to animals. And he had a friend driving him doing all of this, and his friend, John Butnovich, has been charged with numerous charges as well. He should have been charged with being stupid, because, Pam, I know we ride or die. Do not call me to drive you around. No worries. So you can snap the heads off some darn chicken. <laughs> I know. That's too much. Now, we, done do, we may have done some crazy stuff. That's too much. I wouldn't even ask nobody to do that. Like, I wouldn't want nobody to know that I was doing it. I would have to do that on my own and, and carry it to the grave with me. I mean, I guess. Huh? <laughs> yes, yeah, Jay, they were whole live chickens that he broke in. They said to the chicken coop, pull the chickens out and start just snapping their heads off. You know, as as a chicken connoisseur, I have a whole problem with this. <laughs> you're going to go snap the necks of 20 chickens, mm-hmm. and you're not going to gather them up and take them home and do the necessary preparations and then go fry them. I mean, that's Jay, the chicken going to pay. What? Wait a minute. That is not the point I'm trying to make here. <laughs> the point is <laughs> that in his bit of rage, I understand that, but can you imagine someone with their bare hands taking a chicken and ripping its head off? That's the point I'm making is how crazy he must be. Not that he didn't take the chickens and then go through the chicken cleaning and defeathering process or whatever it takes to turn them into a meal, Jay. That's not what we're talking about. We are talking about the fact that he was crazy enough with his bare hands to snap the heads off these chickens. I got you. I got you. I got you. Okay. For a minute. I need to, I need to find Okay. Here we go. I'm going to reel you back in. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, too. I was thinking, boy, that's a lot of fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> well, finally, I need to ask you, too, what you think about this cold weather. And I know we don't have it as bad as some places. Because what I, what I really want to bring up is in Florida, where those frozen iguanas were followed out of the trees and such. No, see, mm-mm. I, I saw that story, and that's some last days type stuff. I saw the picture of the iguana, and I just scrolled on by. I didn't want to open it up because I knew it was some foolery. <laughs> well, I got the whole video on my website. That's www.talkingwitht.com. If y'all want to see the little frozen iguana falling out the tree, but I want to say this. Jay, it may not have been the end of days per se. But it definitely probably would have been my last day because I'm telling you right now, if I'm walking anywhere and an iguana, lizard, snake, anything fall out of a tree on my head, I might not right. live to tell the story. I hope somebody with me so y'all can tell somebody else what happened because I, I, like I, I can't I can't imagine surviving that. 
can't I can't do it. I don't even want to think about it. Well let's not. Let's not. I guess that's it for this bit and we'll check you next week and I can't wait to hear what you have to say. And I can't wait to tell it. And you know I'm going to say it. <laughs> All right now. Well, once again, we've come to the end, but be reminded that you can now call in and leave your thoughts on topics or issues, and your call just may be featured on an upcoming show. The call-in number is 865-409-1170, and we look forward to hearing from you. Also make note, I'm still looking to share and highlight music from rising artists, and I look forward to more submissions for T's Top Teens and Hometown Heroes. If you're interested in having your product or service featured on Talking With T, we would love to help you promote your business. Tune in the way you like. Pick your pleasure by choosing to listen to Talking With T anytime on your time. On Blueberry, SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Speaker, Google Music, or iHeartRadio. Look out for new shows each and every Monday. In the meantime, and in between time, subscribe to Talking With T daily the online daily newspaper to get your daily scoop of trending news and find out what we're talking about. On that note, I'll end with a quote. Opportunity dances with those already on the dance floor. Remember where you heard the word. Keep being kind until next time. You've been listening to Talking with Tea.